Okay, reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 2, Chapter 18. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Ajnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya. Taksuran Mulatam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale. Sayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam. Vanshakalpa Tarubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Vaibhacha. Patitanam Pabane Bhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda. Siyadvaita Gadadhar Srivasade Gaur Bhakta Brinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So greetings from New Jersey. This very nice ashram that uh, Jack is developing. Um, yeah, and I somehow the last three Tuesdays I've been here for the programs and it's been wonderful, always between 15 and 20 people. Nice Basadam and uh, Jack started this initially, the program, he said he'll start a program so everybody can practice kirtan. And people have become pretty expert. The danga and, and, and singing. And uh, I just read a little bit from my book, which is really satisfying that I could read it. And it's uh, usually when you read something, it's harder to follow, but somehow written in a way that I can read it. Now, a little disclaimer for today. You know, I've been in, kind of intensely preparing these classes. And uh, I somehow uh, some note here. Okay. Repeat the verse. Okay. Uh, 10 to 18. Okay. Um, you know, I, I traveled, and there's a lot of things you can say about traveling. Chanakya Pandit says traveling makes a man old. One Ayurvedic practitioner told me that when you move faster than a bullock cart, it blows out the fire of digestion. Um, yeah, I went to Hartford. I was supposed to stay for a week, but beforehand, plans changed. Um, but so I think what I'll do today, you know, is um, what I'll do today is. I'll just tell a little bit about my travel and my realizations, and then I'll go through the text, summarize it, and we'll read until the prayers to the demigods. And then on Sunday, actually, we're getting ready because it's Krishna Janmashtami coming up in um, three weeks. So I'm actually going to be able to... Um, next week begin on where Krishna is actually born. And I think it's really nice to uh, study this Leela before Krishna is takes birth. And uh, uh, at least in the book. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll read the verses till the end of this, uh, to the uh, till the prayers to the demigods. And then the next chapter describes when, you know, right when Krishna is born. And, and we can study that on Sunday. Maybe in just two, three classes, we'll be finished with the Janda Leela. 
and I have an idea to study another. I'm going to look at the text of Udhava uh, visits Vrindavan. Uh, and, and see if I can discuss that because it's very interesting pastime because Udhava is Bodhisattva. He's the most intelligent person in the universe. He's also Parishad. He's the most intimate person to Krishna outside of Vrindavan. And therefore he sends him with a message to pacify the separation of the gopis. So Let's see, maybe I can study that next. Um, anyway, about the, 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 the travel was kind of interesting. I, I took the train. I think it's the best way to travel. It's so comfortable. You get so much work to, done. But instead of going directly to Hartford, I went to New Haven. And Ekachakra, uh, then he would drove me to... Um, Hartford to stay with Varshana Lali. But really, so he picked me up and we, because uh, I haven't seen him before COVID, Eka Chakra. Also, Dr. Evan Graves, he's now the assistant director of the Yale School of Sacred Music, which is a, a pretty fascinating institution within Yale. They deal with um, traditional music, I, you know, and, and sacred music, actually. I, I just realized it's not just ancient, it's sacred music. It's music that's dealing with God in different traditions, with the divine, something spiritual music. And they also have, I think, 60 divinity students, too, that... Um, so it's, it's a very interesting institution. Um, so I kind of have a samskar. I'm going to write about this. A samskar means, uh, you know, an aversion or an attachment from your previous experiences in your heart that determine what you like or dislike. And mostly it is, it's, it's purva samskara. It's, it's impressions from previous lives. And, uh, and it includes your abilities and your talents and, and what you're good at, what you're not good at. So it's all determined by your previous experiences and, and, they, and, and they make impressions in your consciousness. So you can tell what your future will be <laughs> by the experiences you have in this life. And a proper culture tries to give you the proper experiences so that you're, you have good samskaras. I often give, gave the, the definition of culture as, uh, I read this in one book, the purposeful construction of your environment to make impressions in the consciousness that enable you to learn communicate and relate with others better. So you have your samskars and I have this one samskar, it's kind of strange. I just love looking at mansions. <laughs> I love walking on the Upper East Side and looking at those buildings or I remember in Sometimes they stayed in Brooklyn Heights. They have all those buildings. So I, you know, uh, I wanted to catch up with Eka Chakra. And uh, so, uh, you know, he said, well, you like to see the town. And that meant really to see Yale and walking around it. So while I'm walking around, I'm thinking, because it's already Sunday and I'm, I'm going to, have to start to write the Monday morning greetings, not for the following Monday that was written, but the Monday after that. And I have to have a topic. So the way Monday morning greetings works, it's not that I artificially look for realizations. I try to watch my mind for the realizations that I have. 
how I am seeing the world in a more deep and profound way by the knowledge I have based on a tradition of knowledge that I've studied for over 50 years. So it's, it's, it's not that I look for the realizations, the realizations come. Um, but I tend to watch my mind more to note what they are. And realization is a very interesting thing. It's like an aha moment. It's like you see the truth in the world. And because I'm so keen as my service to communicate it, when it comes Sunday and I don't have a realization, I begin to think, I begin to look for one, often by increasing my Often by increasing my chanting, I begin to look for those real. So I was walking around the campus of Yale, blown away by the facilities that these places have. It's inconceivable. It's even even uh, Aka Chucker was telling me that the endowment just for his one department, a separate endowment, because it was started by. He told me he was started by some person who manufactured machines and he made so much money during the war. It was religious and pious people. And they made so much money during the war because tanks and all these machines, they were getting so many contracts that they wanted to do something good. So they, they, they gave a couple of million dollars or something to for an endowment to start this school of, 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 of sacred music. Like for example, they, they teach church organ and things like that. Now, very interesting, he was telling me it got interesting because they want, they want to be naturally more diversified and they're, they're starting to bring in people for black gospels. It's very fascinating. But somehow invested in, in Yale has the it's the template for how to invest for your the people in other institutions, disciple of their chief investor or something. It's a quarter of a billion dollars. So they have a huge budget, just the interest that comes from that endowment. It's just a huge bud budget. No one has to pay tuition in, in there to, to come to their thing. So it's it's just impressive the buildings and the structures and the so I was kind of like looking for a realization what what am I going to write about um, you know is there something here I could write about and I do believe because it's my service they do come from Krishna because they come out beyond my my own personal abilities or capacities. Um, yeah, I, I just, when, I, when I finished, I'm amazed myself, how did this happen? I, so I wasn't, I was, I was talking with Ake Chucker, what are we gonna write about? And then we, we, <laughs> we passed the building for the skull and bones, which is one of the secret societies when they had the debates between Kerry and Bush, the person uh, <laughs> asked Bush, because he was a member of the, the two presidential candidates were a member of the Skull and Bones, the secret society. So they asked Bush, uh, can you tell us about the Skull and Bones? He said, no, it's secret. And then they asked Kerry, the opposite party, can you tell us about the skull and bones? No, it's secret. Nate Chucker said he walked by there and one day he saw someone come out like completely covered with a mask. And what they do every year is in there, because it's a senior society, in the junior year, they look for the top 15 people in the university and then they try to recruit them into their 
into their secret society. But anyway, so I was trying to Lord Chuck was saying, well, maybe that you can contrast that with Lord Chaitanya's movement where they <laughs> where these secret mantras we give out to the world. Like Ramanujan's guru said, don't give him this mantra. It's a, you know, something I've forgotten. Then he told everybody because the higher principle, you know, we 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 priti vichi achi yati nagaradi gram in every town and village. There's no secret. So I that's it. So then um Then we went to this Benki library, which was mind blowing. It's a uh, one million rare and um, rare books and manuscripts. And when you come into the library, when you come into the library, It must be in the center of the building, in the, the hall, when you come in. It must be about 10,000 square feet or something. There's a, a, a cathedral, like a glass, that, where all the books are. You can actually see them. And there's like a moat around it. And, that's, and it's six stories. And where they keep all the books. So you can see them facing. They're neatly in these shelves. So you walk around, you see all these books. So I don't know what realization can I get here? And then as we're walking around, it's impressive. The outside is pink marble and it has effect that the light can come in, but without the ultraviolet rays so the books don't become disturbed. And then we looked and then around it, there's some lounge areas. And of course the structure, I think it goes down too also and that is, the moat is not water, but it's just a space. You can't, I think, just because of the value of these manuscripts. And I guess they have rooms where, where different, different scholars can it, take out the books and it's, you know, and the archivists go and get you your book and then it, it's watched carefully. So then uh, we walked out and there was a, a Gutenberg Bible. I guess it's the first book printed. In, in a kind of a glass case, there were exhibits around there. And then the original Declaration of Independence. And it was, I got a copy. I was so impressed with the book, with the, what they wrote. It was like so powerful. Uh, but no realizations. <laughs> but I, I decided to write about it. I did have two realizations, which I, I, I the, what I want to write, there's a famous book written about Yale called God and Man and Yale by the most famous conservative intellectual of the 20th century, William F. Buckley. Um, so I wanted to write Krishna and God and Yale because they did have some realizations walking around there. And uh, two of them I had, which I want to think about. One is, is the power of these institutions to communicate their view to the world. And how Prabhupada said that Priyan Alpaya Shashubha Kalabas Minyugage and Aha Manda Samanda Matio, that in this age is surcharged with opposition to spiritual life. <laughs> the powers that be that are against spiritual principles and the, the, the facilities they have to propagate that is so powerful, is so powerful. 
I remember Tamal Krishnamaraj was coming from flying someplace to Dallas where he had a temple. So he thought, let me watch on the movie on the plane. He had a beautiful community. Let me let me watch on a movie on the plane called JFK. And after he told me that, I saw that movie. And President Dwight D. Eisenhower warns before he leaves, warns the power of the military industrial complex, the power of a bureaucratic state and their objectives. And he was so smart. He watched that. He saw that actually, you know, whether the movie was exactly true or, or not, it, it tried to be accurate. And who knows about the conspiracies? He understood that there were great powers in this world <laughs> that were opposed to spiritual consciousness. And when he when he went there, he said, I thought I was going to spread Krishna consciousness in the world. I mean, what we're up against, maybe we can save a few people. So that's one realization I had, how the material world is surcharged with opposition. The other one was reading the Declaration of Independence, and it's such a brilliant document. I was looking at these guys. It's, it reminded me of, <laughs> it was kind of like a, when the, the Zonal Acharyas, it's a history of ISKCON after Prabhupada, there were 11 acharyas and they kind of um made some mistakes that accrued a lot of power and that at a particular time there was a a, a revolt and within ISKCON they made a 50-man committee to completely review this whole system and, and, and revamp everything strangely. And they picked 50 people in ISKCON that they thought were that not in that, that can do it. I happened to be one of them at the time. You can see how things change. But in it, each of those people had to come up and, and, and face what, what, what this committee had researched were complaints about how they were dealing with this service. And, and, and Jayad Waitamaraj wrote one document of, of the complaints. And there was this other devotee, he broke down, he, he felt like it was like the Nuremberg trials. <laughs> so I thought the, you know, the Declaration of Independence was these brilliant, it's so written, the, the writing is so powerful, the thoughts and, and this you've done and this you've done and this you've done and this you've done. But what I wanted to comment on is I felt that these were complete, you know, men of integrity and character. And then they wrote, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. All men are created equal. And at the same time, these powerful integrity, all men are created equal, but there's slavery going on. And I'm just trying to figure out how did they miss it? These weren't the type of people that would be naturally racist and things like that. So how did they miss it? So I just, I, that was my meditation of, of kind of like how the mind operates in terms of selectivity and how you can grab onto certain truths and not see others. It, it, it's, it's, it's like that. And I see that in the world. I don't know how I'll develop it. I just got to write it and see where it goes and see if Krishna wanted me to write it. But there's something about selectivity that people grab onto certain truths and don't see others. And they grab onto the right and they see certain truths and they don't see others that are going on that are so obvious. And then people on the left, they, 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 have, they have certain truths, you know, ju justice, and but they don't see other things that are going on that are so obvious. So there seems to be some element in the consciousness of selectivity and, and, and where you can't see everything at once. And therefore you focus on certain truths, but they're encompassed with other truths which are incongruous to it. And I thought one example was that 
is even in the room that you're staying right now, is probably you couldn't relate to everything's in that room and where it is. And sometimes you miss obvious things. Or you maybe you visit someplace. Let's even the Bhakti Center. Well, what picture is behind this? And what picture is over here? And what you've seen it. But but the mind doesn't work in seeing everything at once. It sees little snapshots and puts it together and gives you the image that you're seeing at once. You can only accommodate a very minute part of the environment within your consciousness, but somehow you have a vision that is holistic. So I think as that exists in just the way the senses work, it, 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 it exists in the way the mind works. And therefore you can have good people with views of integrity that are combined with other conceptions that are abhorrent. And I think that the, 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 one of the difficulties in the modern world is we'll look at someone else, we'll just see the views that we consider abhorrent and we won't see the integrity of, of why they're into a particular thing, which may reflect their good part. And I was also thinking it had a lot to do with, with the holy name and how we chant. Our consciousness has selectivity. Our mind has selectivity. So if we're not choosing the holy name at the time we're chanting, even though we're vibrating it, are we actually chanting it? Does it actually? Well, it does, but to what extent? And the art of concentrating you know, and selectivity of that aspect of our environment is good, which is not the mind and our fears and ambitions, et cetera, but selecting that aspect and keeping that in the consciousness. So let's see how my article goes. Um, Krishna and man and Yale. I like the title. Because that was a famous book. Now back to our, our story. And uh, I told you it'd be a little bit different today, but you know, Vasudev did not trust Kamsa, even though he somehow or other brilliantly on the basis of his own word and how Kamsa knew how someone of integrity has so much fear of lying. That's their samskar. Samskar is powerful. It's instilled in a person from birth. To lie is just so difficult to them. It's such a part of a proper culture is honesty, integrity, the exemplars of the Mahabharata, they're reading about honesty. Bhishma makes his vow. He remains celibate his whole life. So Kamsa knew that this is a man of integrity. So he promised. And you can see how much we are personally lacking in, in, in this level of character. too easy for us to be controlled by our desires and our ambitions and what people will think and so many other things but someone who has honesty they do not care what others think they don't care what will happen to their lives so somehow Kamsa believed him but He lacked character and he lacked self-control. And you can't trust the word of someone who lacks character. Because the very definition of character is you put your principles above your personal concerns. And lack of character puts your personal concerns above your principles. He knew. 
And even if there was a, a, a glimpse of, of principles, he knew he didn't have self-control, so he's going to go with what's ever best with him, for him, no matter what it means to others. So dangerous dealing with people who don't have character and don't have control, and it's so hard to trust them. And it's one of the reasons why there's such a lack of trust in the world, because people are not trained like that. There is no real civic education, no real moral education. People are not trained like that. So they don't have the discipline and they don't have the values. They don't have the character. It's so hard to trust people. We don't deal with people like that. Oh, he, he told me this. Like Raghunath Das Goswami, his practices were like the lines in stone. They don't move his words. No. And sure enough, Narada Muni comes with the vision and objective to expedite the birth of Krishna, which required seven other children to be born before him, as the Akashvani said, which means so Kamsa and Anyway, he, he influenced Kamsa and then Kamsa changed his mind and he um, thought that any, because Narada said that the demigods have taken birth in the Yadu dynasty. He thought any of them could be Vishnu and therefore with that lack of character and with that lack of self-control and just putting his personal concerns above any principle, seeing the world according to his desires, he started to He started to control and solidify political alliances of other demoniac people. And then the Yadu dynasty, because Kamsa was hunting them down, they started to disperse from their homes and 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 even Vasudev, he had sent his other wives, he sent Rohini to, to Nanda Maharaj you know, to take, I think they share the same mother, or same father, but anyway, they're related. And so he sent them there to take shelter. So this is the, this is the, 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 setting for Krishna's birth. This is the classic yada, yada, hi dharmasya glanir, glanir dharmasya, the discrepancy in religion. Yada, yada, hi dharmasya glanir, bhavati bharata. The discrepancy in religion. So now, Krishna, he, he, he understands, Vishnu understands the distress and he's going to come, but he makes preparations for him to come. And interestingly, the preparation was Jiva Tattva, Vishnu Tattva, Shakti Tattva. Jiva Tattva was Lord Brahma had some role. The Jiva petitions God to come. And the great jiva represents the other jivas of the living entities and their suffering. Like when Krishna appeared, Advaita Acharya, Haridas Thakur, they petitioned the Lord. 
So it, it, it's the suffering of the jivas, then the shakti, the, the, the yoga maya, his internal potency, which sets the setting to connect things to Krishna so that he can actually appear in the right, you know, he appear to do his, his, his come. And then Vishnu Tattva, Lord Balaram appears. But first, he tells Yogamaya, you must go. And go to Nanda Gokul, go to that place and make the necessary arrangements for me to appear. Of course, God's, God's determination is an absolute fact, but part of his determination is love. So he has people carry out those activities rather than manifest them himself. in his infinite omniscience. This is the way he's created things, that his desires get played out. His determination is an absolute fact, but it's, it's carried out. And therefore there is Leela. There is subject matter of service to God being manifest to attract us to that. So he tells Yogamai, you'll go and you'll be very famous. And because you're, you're my, my potency, you can fulfill all desires spiritually or materially. But as it's the world, you'll prepare personally for my appearance, but your energy will also manifest in another way to fulfill the material desires of people. And you'll become very, very powerful. You'll become very, very um, popular and known and in and, and so many places. So you go. And then, so Yoga Maya, Om, 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 means yes, it's true. It is my will. It's expressed in the Vedas. So what you said, Om, I will do it, meaning it's the truth. And when, an, when a person of integrity knows the truth, he doesn't have to say he will do it, he will do it. So he has to say it is the truth. It is the truth. So he says, Om, and I will, and she says, I will follow that order. And then she go, and then, and, and so what does she do? She, she, and one of the things is to transfer Balaram to, to Rohini in, in, in Vrindavan. But Balaram appears in the womb and it represents that before Krishna appears, his Balaram appears. Balaram is also Guru Tattva. Balaram serves Krishna in all affairs of existence and knowledge. So he manifests everything Krishna enjoys. He manifests knowledge and, and existence. These are the two activities that go on in creation. And the knowledge is, is guru. The knowledge, the most important knowledge, is how to connect back to God. Connect back to God. Jivera Sarupahoy, Krishnera, Nitya Das, how to awaken, how to solve our problems by getting out of illusion. And the way you get out of illusion is you start to desire not to be in illusion. <laughs> because we're in illusion because we want to be in illusion. We want to be the enjoyer and controller, a position which we cannot have by our constitution. Therefore, to satisfy that, we have to be put in illusion. So it's all responding to our desire. So we just have to change our desire. And how do we change that desire? We need the proper understanding and we need the proper realization. 
and that comes from Krishna through Balaram, through Guru, that inspiration, that understanding, the determination, that faith, that objective in the right direction. And we become inspired to move in that right direction. So, Om. Yes. I will do it. And then after that, um, Krishna appears in the mind of Vasudev. Vishuddha Sattvam Vasudeva Shabditam. He's called Vasudev. The spiritual consciousness is called Vasudev because it's, it's Vasudev's consciousness that attracts Krishna. And it's Vasudev's consciousness that injects Krishna into others, which is his wife. And it says, Manasitaha, he appeared in the mind. It's not seminal dis uh, uh, discharge. And she became very beautiful. Just as the east becomes beautiful by the rising moon, she becomes very, very beautiful. Devaki then kept within herself the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the cause of all causes, the foundation of the entire cosmos. But because she was under, the, uh, under arrest in the house of Kamsa, she was like the flames of a fire covered by the walls of a pot, or like a person who had knowledge but cannot distribute it to the world for the benefit of human society. So somehow it, 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 it's described, she's so beautiful, but she can't manifest it. She can't manifest it. And that it, it's just like, and, and it's just like knowledge that sometimes you have it, but you, you're not able to give it. Because the Supreme Personality of God was within her womb, Devaki illuminated the entire atmosphere in the place where she was confined. Seeing her jubilant, pure, and smiling, Kamsa thought the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Vishnu, is now within her, will kill me. Devaki has never before looked so brilliant and jubilant. So there's never before looked so brilliant and jubilant. Kamsa thought, what is my duty now? The Supreme Lord who knows his purpose, Paritanaya Sadunam Vanashaya Tradishritam, will not give up his prowess. Devaki is a woman. She is my sister. Moreover, she is now pregnant. If I kill her, any reputation, opulence, and duration of life will certainly be vanquished. So, interesting, Kamsa starts to think of Krishna, but he's not in bliss. He's in fear. <laughs> so it's not just thinking of Krishna. It's how you think of Krishna. And if you think of Krishna in love, then the experience you have will be prema. But he's thinking in fear and his calculations are based on fear. It's not based on principle. If I kill a woman, it's wrong and this and that. No, I don't care about that. I'll kill her in a second because I put principle, I put my personal considerations above principles, because that's why the mind is wired of a demoniac person. 
They see the world according to their desires and that becomes the truth. And that was our consciousness since time immemorial. We put our personal considerations before principles and it never worked. The authority of our own desires never worked. And therefore we seek something beyond that. Some conception, is there a truth beyond my principles? And if I do, I want to find the tradition that has it. I want to find the people that have it. Just like in the program here, there's one new person that came. Her name is Stephanie. And I see she'll come on Thursday and study the study the Bhagavatam. Um, she'll study the, the Bhagavatam with Pat. And, and, and then yesterday, she also led a kirtan. And she was searching. And she was searching. And she was searching until one day she went to get her hair cut. And her barber, there he is, Lal Govinda. So, but a person hasn't come to that point. They're going lower and lower. But he's thinking, it's a woman, it's my sister. But not, as as Vasudev was explaining before, the principle of it. It's the fear of what that will do to him in this life. And a conception, if there is a next life, what will it do? My reputation, opulence, and duration of life will certainly be vanquished. We have to be very, very, very careful how we deal with the Vaishnavas. Very careful. I've seen things happen when people have blasphemed pure devotees. I've seen the reactions to it. A person who is very cruel is regarded as dead even when living, while he is living or after his death, everyone condemns him. And after death of a person in the bodily concept of life, he's undoubtedly transferred to the hell known as Adatma. So this is basically, Kamsa has some consideration like this, what will happen. Sukadeva Goswami said, deliberating in this way, Kamsa, although determined to continue in enmity towards the Supreme Personality of Godhead, refrained from the vicious killing of his sister. He decided to wait until the Lord was born and do then, then do what was needed. Lord Brahma and Lord Shiva, accompanied by the great sages like Narada, Devala, and Vyas, and by other demigods like Indra, Chandra, and Varuna, invisibly approached the room of Devaki, where they all joined in offering their respectful obeisances and prayers to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead, who can bestow his blessings upon everyone. So now the demigods will pray. And I'm, I'm not going to go over those prayers because I'm trying to concentrate on the, the storyline and illustrate the philosophy through that. And then there are prayers that go on and on. And then they go on and on and on and on. After thus offering prayers to the Supreme Personality of God at Lord Vishnu, the transcendence, all the demigods with Lord Brahma and Shiva before them, return to their homes in the heavenly planets. And I, I've always told you the story when I first got my Krishna book, 
my college roommate who I went to California with in 1970, and he stayed and joined the temple. Fortunately, he was murdered preaching Krishna consciousness. Happy are those Kshatriyas whose battles fought and say he was always he was always a a hero type. When we went to when we went to college, we used to make fun of him because when we go to our, our our literature class and we were studying the Odyssey, and Odysseus was the hero of the Odyssey. And, you know, the teacher was just showing you the faults of Odysseus. And, you know, this is literary criticism. And he would argue with the teachers and defend Odysseus (laughs) because he was so much into the hero that we used to call him Odysseus. We used to call him Odysseus. That, That was his name for us. His name was Odysseus. So the hero. So he came back because he had dodged the draft. I've told this story before, and he had to report and see if he can do something for conscientious objection. It actually has a lot to do connected with how I came to Krishna consciousness, or fully came at that time, was joining the temple because he stayed with me. He gave me a Krishna book. We hadn't seen that before. But uh, to go regress back to this, when he was there, you know, he dodged the draft and now he was submitting as a conscientious objector. And the person, the, the person, whoever he was, said to him, um, okay, you want to be a conscientious objector? Okay, let me go outside. I'll think about it. You think about it. You think about what you want to do for the next two years for your conscientious objecting. So he came back and my friend said, well, I decided I'd like to work in a religious school in Dallas. The guy said, okay. And that was the guru cooler. So he went down there and that's how I wound up from him being there in Dallas, he brought me down there to Dallas, and then I stayed there four years later, <laughs> or a couple of years later, because this he was already in. And, but when I got that Krishna book, and that was my revelation, when I got the Krishna book, and I started reading the prayers of Devaki, and I'm seeing that it, it, these prayers that you are the supreme Lord, you know, prayer after prayer, oh, supreme control to your lordship. And then I saw it was a child who had a mother and father, had a romantic life, had friendship. And then I was thinking in college, I had studied in the philosophy class that, uh, that God is that being of which no greater can be conceived. And then I said, well, it got to be Krishna. I can't conceive of anything greater than this. The supreme majesty and the supreme sweetness. There can't be anything greater than this. I'm convinced of that to this day. Okay. I don't know if Jamuna Jai had to go to teach her. She's still there. She can start by saying, okay, Jamuna yeah. You have to- lots, there are lots of points, but I, I thought something you said at the beginning and then was completely rounded up in the end. You were saying about chanting. It says, you were saying, are we choosing the holy name when we're chanting it? We're just chanting. And then I was thinking when you were talking about Kamsa, Kamsa, you know, we hear that he was mumbling Krishna, 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 but he wasn't choosing it in the right way. So I thought that those two points, you sort of circle back and really link together. The, I always think of Kamps as such a waste of potential. He had the ability to chant and concentrate, but he used it in completely the wrong way. Well, because emotion attaches us to objects in concentration more than will does. So yes. he had that fear, but at least it was fear of Krishna where King Venu he denied Krishna's existence. So when he get, went against God, 
by destroying the he went to hell and Kamsa. Mm. He 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 you know he got the same destination as Krishna's man. Basically, he got some type of liberation, Kamsa. Because at least he accepted Krishna. He just hated him. <laughs> okay, thank you, Jamunajaya. Okay, anybody else have any reflection they want to share? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Um, not exactly a, a reflection, it's more, you know, when you mentioned, you're talking about Yoga Maya, and Krishna was having her come and do her job here. And one of the things he said to her was, you know, you'll be so powerful, you'll be so popular, but as if to say that would be an enticement, you know? But, you know, I mean, a, a pure devotee, what to speak of as internal poetry, would not have that as motivation. So I don't why think, did he say that to I, her? I don't think it necessarily had to be a, an enticement, just, just telling her what's going to be happening. You're going to be known as this and this. It didn't have to be like, this is why you're coming. This is what's going to happen when you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, I was thinking like that, but I needed that confirmation. Okay. Okay. But, you know, also, you know, your, your Monday morning greeting, you know, Yale, God, and Krishna. Yeah. Um, you know, you had to like kind of really search it out, you know, so I'm not, I wasn't sure if you would have called that an artificial realization or not. No, it wasn't because when I, when I'm looking yeah, well, it, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. It's a little bit more because usually what happens is things just come to me and then I say, okay, I have to write about it. Right. But when I was walking around Yale and it was already Sunday, I was saying, well, nothing has come yet. I don't have a topic yet to write about. So yeah, let me try to see something. Yeah, so it was a little bit more I- imposed, but it still didn't come that way, actually. <laughs> I, I couldn't, the, the fact of the matter is doing it that way, I couldn't do it that way. It, it still came like, you know, boom, mm-hmm. aha, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just had to work harder this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was enjoying, you know, Egg Chuck was so nice and walking around the, campus i love doing those things somehow it was a beautiful day and you know yeah but my god that library mind-blowing wow yeah it sounds totally amazing it was totally totally amazing i have to go there again and uh yeah it was it's like a tomb there's no windows to the outside but this light comes in through this pink marble or something. I don't know. Wow. But, uh, okay. All right. Well, I'll tell one other story when I'm there that was really great. So one of the reasons I went is one of Naranjan Swami's disciples, Malati Priya, um, she she's a optometrist and she treats i guess any devotee she'll give a checkup for free and i guess for me you know glasses and everything so i i went you know she had a beautiful office and i went and uh i got a thorough checkup and there was something wrong with the vision in my left eye and then she actually researched it it's a little serious not you know, something with the retina, I have to get a check, maybe even some operation, I'm not sure. But um, so she really did a great job there. And then she said to me, well, here are these, when you're reading on the screen, here are these glasses that'll, you know, to make the things more distinct, the colors. And, you know, so she gave me these free pair of things and that. And then she said to me, oh, and then of course, she's giving the glasses, she's mailing me for free that she's done with the frames and everything. And then she said, well, oh, she said, here, I made some prasadam for you. So she'd bring out like a little, you know, like Whole Foods bag and she made all this nice, but she said, sorry, I didn't have enough time to make apple crisp. And then when I left, she gave me a donation. <laughs> so I was saying, wow, she really just likes to serve the Vaishnavas. <laughs> okay, anybody else like to say hello? 
Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Tota Gopinath here. Hi, well, great to see you yesterday. I think it's great if you can get out and come to those programs. Thanks. Yeah. Really enjoying it. Really refreshing. Such nice kirtans, facade association. Yeah. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you very much for the class. Yabit Sundari. Hare Bo. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Thank you. Wonderful to see how you take the Krishna consciousness. It's great. Thank you very much, Maharaj. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thanks for the class. See you, Radhika. Very nice. And your mother, so nice. Haribo. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Maharaj. Gopi Gita. Gopi Gita. Haribo. We'll see you soon. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. You're going to the temple regularly now? Yes, Maharaj. Great. I am going every day. Every day. What, what, how nice, right? What is it? Five minute ride from your house? Yes, it's easy to go and uh, the meditation, the Japa is great there. It, it makes a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, yes. great. I can see it. Okay, anybody else? Hi, Krishna Guru Maharaj. Namasaki here. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Thank you. Wonderful class. Thank I you. didn't want it to be to, to end. Okay. Are you <laughs> in your farm now? Uh, right now, no. I'm in the house, but uh, we are going to the farm in the evening because it's very hot now. Okay. When can I speak to you next? Uh, anytime, Maharaj. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. How about in an hour? Wonderful. Okay. Thank you. Okay. How we'll do it? We'll do it by WhatsApp. In an hour, call me. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. Okay. Anybody, anybody else? Hey, Krishna Garage. Hey, Paul. Good. <laughs> Jersey kirtans, they're so nice, right? Everyone is so nice. Because <laughs> so nice. I see now, rather than being spectators, people participate. Mm -hmm. Go to a bigger temple, people are spectators. And therefore, everybody's learning the instruments, learning the madunga, learning the kirtan. Yeah. And they're really done with sincerity. So I enjoyed, of course, you came from work late, but I really enjoyed just sitting there with the kirtans. Yeah. And then everybody gets nice, simple facade. And... <laughs> yeah, it's really glad that you're there. Amazing. Well, yeah, I'm here. That's nice, but I'm not always <laughs> going to be here in, in, yeah. in here. But I think still it goes on. Program still goes oh, on. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> right. Oh, it's, um, it's great. And it's growing because people see it's obsessed. And now I see Kishori also comes, you know, so. And yeah. uh, okay, good. Okay, Harry Bo. Anybody oh. else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, this is Kamata Rada. Shem Kishotas, Hare Bo Maharaj. Thank you so much for class, Maharaj. Great to see both of you. Okay, Harry. Likewise. Harry Bo. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for class. I still have to get you that Bhagavatam verse, but I wasn't by my library. I'm back now. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Have you, you, have you you've written about Puri, right? Yes. Puri and Gavarhan as well. Okay. Haribo. Haribo. Good. Okay. Anybody else? Good morning, Tanardaraswami. This is Min. Min, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much for class. <clears throat> See you come all the time. That's so nice. I, yeah. I wanted to tell you that <clears throat> I'm so grateful for all the classes you upload because I've been listening to all your past classes every, all day, every day. Wow, that's amazing. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, you're going to come to uh, Hari Kirtan, Tommy. You're going to come to Puri. All of it, I think. 
Yeah, Puri and Govardhan. That's nice. Yes. Yes. And uh, okay. It's, it's a long shot, but in three weeks, I'm doing a retreat in Colombia. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. I'll, 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 I, don't know what the, <laughs> I don't know what the possibilities are. You're, you're an artist. Is that what you do? Yes. It's professional art, right? You, people pay for your artwork or? Yes. Well, yes. So I went to, that's all I know how to do. I went to art school and then I came to New York and I started showing relatively soon. And then, and then I had a big art studio where I made a lot of artwork for big, big companies and residences and clients. Um, but I actually folded all that because I felt like I needed to know who God is. Wow. And, and then Krishna walked into my life. You seem to have taken this very seriously, which is so nice. Yeah. But you don't you don't work in the art world anymore? Um, I mean, I make art and I write all the time, but I'm actually waiting for Krishna to tell me what the next step is. Knowing that that's all I know how to do and Krishna knows that that's all I know how to do, but I'm asking him that, um, you know, I'll do anything. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much, because I, I see who comes to class and I see you're there all the time. It's a nice little community, isn't it? Yeah. I love it and I love um, seeing all, all the people here and hearing them in the past classes. Yeah. Just so lovely and so much respect and just, just such a great community. Thank you. Well, now it's nice that you came on. They could meet you too. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Haribo. Okay. Anybody else? Okay, Vancha Kalpatu Gisha Kapasindabi Vichapati Tanam Pavanidya Vaishnavadya.